0: time now for the nationally syndicated radio show, The World of Lori Zook. And now, here she is, the smart, the sexy, the savvy,
1: Divine Miss Z. Welcome to the world of Lori Zook. And yes, I am Lori. I'm not one of the sheeple. I don't follow the crowd. You thought it was safe to turn on the radio, and it's not. Hopefully, you're going to listen to me because I form my own opinions and I use my gut instinct to make decisions. Commercial sponsors don't tell me what to say. I want you to come into my world, and you're going to hear on my show what you don't hear in mainstream media. It's time to listen to Lori's stories. And I like to give two quick, startling facts. In 2014, news stories mentioning Beyoncé were three times more common than stories on ocean health, deforestation, and environmental justice combined. So that tells you what people are listening to, and it's not the important issues. Now, more than half of millennial women surveyed said that sexual assault in the workplace is a problem. That's another frightening statistic. Now, on the line with me, I have Kirby Lavalli, He's from Sharpline Investigations. Kirby, you're with me? I am. Great. And you were in law enforcement. Now you're a private investigator, correct?
2: Yes, I work for the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office, and now I'm doing private investigations.
1: Well, one of the things I want to talk about is bullying and suicide. And I'm aware of a lot of stories that do make it to the media. And actually, on another show a couple of years ago, I did an interview with the mother of a child who had committed suicide because she was bullied in school in a way that was very sad. She was a shy, I think, 12- or 13-year-old child, um, very shy and quiet. There was a boy that she liked, and that boy convinced her to text him a topless photo of herself. And then he texted it all throughout the school so, you know, the kids would laugh at her and make fun of her. Ultimately, she ended up killing herself, and her parents, I don't even think, were aware of what was going on, other than that she seemed withdrawn and depressed. So I know that you have seen situations like this, and I know the statistics are staggering. Can you tell me, you know, how do you know if you're being, if a child is being bullied?
2: Yeah, and Lori, it's a good question that you asked that, because a lot of times people think that bullying is just, you know, being called funny names or, you know, laughing at somebody and pointing their finger. But it's actually startling, like you said. I know I read a um, an article a little while back from the Department of Health and Human Services, and it, it, one in three U.S. students, you know, say that they've been bullied in school. So the results are staggering, and it, it's not anymore just, you know, the intentional aggressive um, acts as far as in person. You know, these are now, like you said, carrying over to social media um, in addition to, you know, over the phone, and I think the issue there is that these kids can't get away from it um, because now with the use of social media, you know, they're being bullied on there. So a lot of times what I used to see in law enforcement is, you know, little hints that that maybe the the children are displaying, and people really don't look at that in that direction. So, for instance, even you might have somebody just make a general comment, you know, a general suicidal statement, you know, maybe – you know, I don't want to be alive anymore Or something like that right. Some people take that as, you know, just blowing steam Or whatever else But when that is said over and over again um, Or maybe, you know, writing about it Or in conversations Or drawing pictures You know, I've seen kids before draw pictures um, You know, of themselves Maybe with blood uh, coming from them And and these pictures maybe nobody else saw But maybe their friends did And they never said anything um, But some of the, the top uh, common warning signs for suicide that I've seen is you know, this, this statements like I said, giving away their personal belongings. You know, they they no longer want to have anything. They want to withdraw uh, from their family and their friends. So they feel like if they just give everything away and, and distance themselves, uh, that they're going to be better. Uh, maybe somebody that wasn't you know wasn't aggressive or hostile before is now being aggressive or hostile. You know, maybe they're taking uh, taking that that approach. Um, because of these, these people are really getting to them,
1: you know? Right. So the parents, you know, my concern is the parents might not see because if the kids don't say anything, they're embarrassed. And, you know, if you're different in school in any way, shape, or form, you're not in the, the, the clique or the group of popular kids, or you're not in with the sports jocks, or you're not in with the music people, and you're kind of, you know, alone and different somehow, then the kids, those kids are the ones that get picked on. Now, I did a little bit of reading and I read that, you know, bullying is not illegal. But it really is a type of harassment. So, I mean, can young kids who bully other kids, what happens? Do they just get punished through the school system and, you know, they're suspended? Why is nothing done? Maybe there's something Yeah, a lot of
2: times, yeah, you're you're absolutely correct. Bullying, you know, is not illegal in itself. But where they take it a step further is when it's intentionally aggressive um, or harassment or hazing, then it will reach the level of being illegal, Um, So it it has to be almost, you know, people say, I I can say whatever I want, and you can't do anything about it. Um, You know, that's just people's right to just talk. Um, But unfortunately, sometimes until it reaches, um, you know, where it is, harassment over time, or when it becomes physical, you know, and it's not just verbal anymore, and now it's aggressive, it's physical, it's repetitive, then it reaches the, the line where, you know, law enforcement can step in and and get involved but a lot of times it's it's just handled in the schools you know the the administration handles it um, sometimes law enforcement is never even involved
1: so what you're saying is sometimes it's happening in school the school is handling it rather than calling the police or calling the authorities so they're not even the school isn't even saying anything about it so these poor kids are being abused the school does not go out to the police Uh, I'm guessing probably that maybe the parents don't even know
2: Yeah, and sometimes the parents don't know. Um, Hopefully, you know, if there's an incident in the schools, they are notifying the parents. I'm not sure of their exact policies, but I'm sure that that is something that has to be done. Um, But in some schools, I mean, there are school resource officers that are in some of the schools, and, and they sometimes get involved as more of a mediator to stop things before it progresses to the point of being a criminal offense.
1: Now, can kids who are younger, you know, let's say elementary school or middle school, can they ever be, if they do something serious as far as bullying and hurting somebody physically, can they be charged as an adult? Uh, Well, they can be
2: charged. It would ultimately be up to probably their past uh, history, whether a judge would want to to prosecute them um, as an adult. Um, Normally when you'll see that kids are charged as an adult, because they have a real long past of either violent tendencies or uh, repeat criminal offenses. And normally at that point, it would rise to the, uh, um, basically, it would rise to the point that they would be considered an adult based on their actions um, and their past history. So I think that maybe one or two occurrences of this probably would not. Uh, They would still be treated as a juvenile. Um, But it's definitely possible if it it was something very serious that it could be considered.
1: Right. I mean, one of the things, I, I have friends who have kids who don't give the kids cell phones, and I understand why now. Because of the things that kids do It's not just calling your friends It's what are you taking pictures of And what are you spreading around Now I mean that can work in a positive manner You know you see a crime or you see something bad happening You've got your video camera You can take a picture And you know if you're stupid enough to do something that's stupid You're going to end up viral all over the internet But in cases like this You know for young children They don't understand the effects Until it actually happens And I don't know that they even teach this in school
2: yeah, and you made a great point about, about the female uh, that sent, a, you know, a nude picture of herself, and that happens very, very frequently. Um, these kids will send pictures not even really thinking about it because maybe they're in love uh, for the first time um, or something like that, and then before you know it, a breakup happens or some type of drama in the school, and that picture is spread or put on Facebook. Um and, and before you know it, it goes viral, like you just said, and everybody's seeing it. And that's sometimes where you would really notice that that real bad depression um, in the people, and maybe those behaviors um, of depression and, and suicide at that
1: point. So, what if the parents do notice some of these symptoms? You know what? What do they? How do they? How would you think they would approach their child? Because the child is going, "Oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. You know, I, I can't tell this to my parents." Yeah, what do you do?
2: Yeah, and many times the parents don't know. Um, you know, they're finding out about it through law enforcement sometimes when another parent calls in to say, hey, my kid got this nude picture, um, and I have a problem with that. But some parents never know. And I think that if they did know, there is help within the school. You know, there's social workers. Um, there's different programs to get these kids help within the school, guidance counselors, et cetera as well as if they felt that it was an issue that law enforcement needs to be involved in at their house, they could, you know, definitely call and have a law enforcement officer come out and take a look at it and see if there's any services that, you know, that the government might be able to provide to them. Uh, because sometimes in these cases, the the people do need to receive a mental health evaluation based, you know, if, if they're unstable at the time that law enforcement make, makes contact with
1: them. You know, it's sad. I, I also read that... Um, Kids who, are bullied, uh, kids who are bullied can later turn into bullies and the roles reverse. And that's where I think you kind of have to nip it in the butt, but that's where the, the, both the schools and the parents have to have responsibility in knowing what's going on with that child. It has, it has to be twofold to me. It's not one or the other.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's just like when people are abused as kids. Um, you know, statistics have shown there, too, that they will later be abusers themselves.
1: Yeah. I want to thank you so much. You gave great advice. I'll have you on again in the future uh, on another topic. Thanks for joining me.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: All right. Great. And we're going to a quick commercial break. Stay with us.
3: Our highly competitive and hectic world is fraught with dishonesty and challenges. Critical decisions must be made on a daily basis with accuracy when substantial assets are at risk. When you are confronted with a decision point involving opportunity and risk, consult with Sharpline Investigations, statewide experts in due diligence, investigations, and litigation support. Sharpline's professionals work with clients to conduct interviews, deep background investigations, and develop facts and intelligence related to litigation. When circumstances require confidential and expert fact-finding, turn to Sharpline Investigations, the statewide leaders in investigations and risk mitigation. Visit SharplineInvestigations.com or call 855-394-0042.
4: Are your credit reports a mess? Are debt collectors hounding you? Maybe you're in foreclosure or headed towards foreclosure and don't know where to turn. It's time to stop panicking. Take back control of your life. Make the first step by calling Credit Education Consultants today at 813-500-6064. That's 813-500 five zero zero six zero six four mention the word radio for a free 15 minute consultation don't delay call today
5: do you suffer from back neck or body pain do you suffer from migraines or have jaw or face pain has conventional medicine failed you were you injured or in an accident Call chiropractic physician Dr. Dan Maddock at 813-935-1664. Dr. Dan has helped thousands of patients gain relief for more than 30 years. Dr. Dan is caring, gentle, and takes his time with each patient. He's also a past president of the International Craniopathic Society, a special certification of only 300 chiropractors worldwide. Dr. Dan helps patients from the neck up and the neck down. Dr. Dan accepts most insurance plans. Don't continue to live in pain. Call 813-935-1664. 64 today that's 813-935-1664 and get on track to better health
6: hello i'm jim velasquez does getting a lousy one percent on your cds make you sick to your stomach inflation is hovering at three percent so what's really happening allow me jim velasquez to send you my free report if you haven't reviewed your cds in a while don't get this report it will break your heart If you want to fight back and beat the bank, text retire to 72727 for this free report. Let's beat the bank. Text retire to 72727 for your free report.
1: Welcome back to the world of Laurie Zook. Now, I have with me on the line another guest named Lisa Waters, and I want to do a proper introduction for this because I am an animal advocate, and Lisa is an animal advocate. And one of the things that we are both uh, fighting right now is to come up with a way to convince Craigslist to enforce their pet policies, which they leave up to the community While in return, they make millions and millions of dollars, their CEO Jim Buckmaster worth about $40 million, pretty much uh, shuns responsibility for anything that happens. So Lisa and I connected uh, maybe just a few months ago, and we're working on a project now, but we want to make the public aware of certain things like don't put pets up for free on Craigslist. Lisa, you're with me. Tell people why they should not list their pets for free on Craigslist.
7: Hi, good afternoon, Laurie. First, I want to thank you by inviting me onto your show. Um, Craigslist, actually, um, I know that we've been working together to try to educate people um, as to stay and neuter their pets and stay away from Craigslist. The whole point with Craigslist is there's just way too many problems. Um so, as you know, um in as we want to educate the public that Craigslist does prohibit pet sales, but um they are only supposed to allow rehoming animals with a small adoption fee. However, um people do violate their rules and um simply because Craigslist is not monitoring their site. Right. So they're, I'm sorry, go ahead,
1: Laura. No, no, you're, I think you're absolutely right. They don't monitor it and they don't take responsibility for it. But yet, there are a lot of criminal acts that happen involving Craigslist. I'm also going to say outside of the pets arena, there are other things they have been in trouble, you know, for. But the, you know, the pets being the focus here, what happens if somebody lists a free pet? What often happens to that pet?
7: When a pet is listed as free, um, big warning signs, they, a lot of times they get into the wrong hands, they can be used as bait by um, dog fighters, um, the infamous puppy doe case, um, that dog was sold on Craigslist, and unfortunately, Laurie, this puppy doe case happened a half a mile from my home. Um, the dog got into the wrong hands and this man who adopted puppy dough um, was also caring for an elderly woman that he stole from and he starved puppy Doe and also tortured the dog by some medieval means um, type of torture where the bones were separated um, the dog was drone next door into the park, and um, from there, um, one of the Humane Societies, actually it was the um, Animal Rescue League, I believe, picked up the dog and had to humanely euthanize the dog because um, she was so badly
1: hurt. Right, there was no, no, I mean, and that's scary because you said this guy is taking care of uh, an elderly person also. If you can't take care of a dog, what are you going to be doing to that elderly person? You know, it, it's been proven that people who abuse animals go on next to people. Now, there are plenty of people that help other people, you know, that are advocates for people, so to speak, because the laws are stronger for people, but for pets, they're weaker. Now, you're you're in Massachusetts. What happened as a result of that case? Because didn't you have a state representative, Bruce Ayers, that did something? That's trying to yes. do something.
7: Yes. Well, actually, um, you know, Puppy dough was a global sensation. Actually, in um, for the being the voice of all abused animals. After Puppy Doe, after that case happened, there was a vigil up at um, a park in my city where hundreds and hundreds of people attended, as well as politicians. And Bruce Ears, not only do I support him, he is an acquaintance of mine, and he worked very hard. Um, He works as our state rep, and he worked very hard to implement harsher um, animal abuse laws as a result of puppy dough, and that did happen. Um, it was, I think, maybe in November of 2014. Um, it, the convictions increased from five to seven years, and the uh, maximum fine went from 2500 to $5,000. So um, in addition, they actually, um, the law requires veterinarians as well to report suspected animal abuse.
1: So I think that in Massachusetts and also in New York, I think the laws there are stronger in the north than they are where I am now in the south. But even so, when I look at the penalties, because right now it's it's a misdemeanor for animal abuse, which is pathetic. It means that you can get up to a year in jail and up to twenty five hundred to five thousand dollars in fines. But even if they increase it up to ten years in prison and ten thousand dollars in fines, it's still my issue. Is it's still a living being, the pet? It's not. It's not a piece of furniture, um, even though they're considered property in all states right now so I don't think that increasing it just that small amount is enough now supposedly next year the FBI takes over and animal cruelty will be looked at in many cases as a felony so it will increase it but I don't know that it scares off the bad people do you know what I'm trying to say? It's just not scaring them off because you have sociopaths that do these types of crimes. And I know we recently spoke about a case on Craigslist where uh, a fella in Washington was indicted on 12, actually on 12 felony counts. He collected over 20 pets, assorted different animals. Do you remember that case?
7: Yes, I do, Laurie. I do remember that. Yeah, case. and he I- collected kittens. Mm. He was um buying kittens off Craigslist and um naming them actually naming the animals mm. and then killing them. Right. He had some type of a torture room where he would put the um kittens in the room and you know torture them and actually I remember that he had um approached a particular family and got a few kittens. And um, they thought
1: he was a really nice guy. Right. It's always the ones that look like the really nice guy. You know, (laughs) yeah, Jeff's looking over at me, right? Hey. It's, it's I think it's scary. So I, you know, I think I'm hopeful, let me put it this way, I'm hopeful that when the laws come into effect that make it a felony that the FBI actually will investigate, and what I'm also hopeful for in that respect is that maybe the FBI will hold Craigslist accountable because they're the third party that allows people to post. I'm not a lawyer, I don't know from the legal perspective, but if something like this happens again where it's now a felony, I suspect, and it's a good thing, that they may throw the book at craigslist and say hey you know what you're in trouble you're doing this craigslist has been in trouble before for prostitution i mean what's on mm-hmm. their site you know sure they maybe they do some good things they work with uh, in pets with legitimate rescues but i will tell you in the county south of where i am in hillsborough county it was just announced last week that the sheriff's department will allow people who meet through craigslist uh, for example you're selling a car they will let them use their parking lot for safety, and the reason that they will do that is that uh, down in this county. A seller just got killed, was murdered by a buyer, and it was a transaction that was conducted through Craigslist. That's how they tracked out the guy down. Mm -hmm. So when I hear these stories, I sit here, and as you well know, I've tried to reach Jim Buckmaster many times. Craigslist does not have Mm -hmm. a phone number with an actual person. All they do is give out emails. There's no response. So I don't find them to be a socially and ethically or morally conscious company. So if you had one... One thing that you would want to say to Jim Buckmaster, what would it be?
7: Regulate your animal sales. You are adding to the overpopulation of pets. Millions are put to sleep as it is, and you've got all these people putting two dogs mm-hmm. together, adding to the um, euthanasia or heart stick method or gas method, particularly in the south. Um, the number of Uh, Litters being sold or being tried to be being sold on Craigslist of pit bulls is appalling. Uh, The average dog has a litter size of 7 to 13 pups, and um, you see pit bull ad after pit bull ad and it's really, really sad, especially the fact that only one in 600 of these dogs get adopted. Mm. The pit bulls in shelters um, are getting euthanized daily. The shelters are packed with pit bulls. They don't need any more pit bulls. People get your animals stay in new <laughs> Craigslist. You've got to stop selling letters. Follow your own rules.
0: Until people uh, until this law is turned into a felony and people are charged with a felony it's not going to do any good because misdemeanors most people walk away from they get a, a simple it if any and they're on the streets again turn it into a felony charge them a lot of money and if it can be done just like they do with child um uh, predators, sexual, put a sign on their yard saying this is an animal abuser, and it has to be there because I- if it's a felony, you have certain rights that you can do against the person who who, who was the uh, the perpetrator, and that you they have to post those signs saying this is an, don't sell this person an animal. He's an animal abuser.
1: Right, and I believe they have a national registry for sex offenders. What you're saying, but Why there not have should one be one for animal abusers. Right, there should be one for animal abusers. I've looked online and I can't I can't find one. Someone needs to start. It. Right. But I think that's a great idea. What do you think?
7: That is a really good idea. I know that I have signed some petitions in favor of having an abuser on registry law for animals. So um, I have seen a petition like that going around. But the thing is, too... um, uh, they're too lenient on giving animals back to the abusers
1: as well, or not taking <laughs> the animals like away. That's like giving the
0: kid back to the child abuser. Right. What's the matter exactly. With you? exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Those are good points, Jeff. So, Lisa, I'll follow up with you again sometime in the future. I want to thank you so much for joining me today. We're going to a thank short Thank you for com- having me. You're very welcome. And we're going to go to a short commercial break. Stay with us. <music>
4: Are your credit reports a mess? Are debt collectors hounding you? Maybe you're in foreclosure or headed towards foreclosure and don't know where to turn. It's time to stop panicking. Take back control of your life. Make the first step by calling Credit Education Consultants today at 813-500-6064. That's 813-500-6064. Mention the word radio for a free 15-minute consultation. Don't delay. Call today.
3: Our highly competitive and hectic world is fraught with dishonesty and challenges. Critical decisions must be made on a daily basis with accuracy when substantial assets are at risk. When you are confronted with a decision point involving opportunity and risk, consult with Sharpline Investigations. Statewide experts in due diligence, investigations, and litigation support sharp lines professionals work with clients to conduct interviews deep background investigations and develop facts and intelligence related to the litigation when circumstances require confidential and expert finding, turn to sharp line investigations the statewide leaders in investigations and risk mitigation visit sharplineinvestigations.com or call 855-394-0042
5: Do you suffer from back, neck, or body pain? Do you suffer from migraines or have jaw or face pain? Has conventional medicine failed you? Were you injured or in an accident? Call chiropractic physician Dr. Dan Maddock at 813-935-1664. Dr. Dan has helped thousands of patients gain relief for more than 30 years. Dr. Dan is caring, gentle, and takes his time with each patient. He's also a past president of the International Craniopathic Society, a special certification of only 300 chiropractors worldwide. Dr. Dan helps patients from the neck up and the neck down. Dr. Dan accepts most insurance plans. Don't continue to live in pain. Call 813-935-1664. Sixty-four today that's 813-935-1664 and get on track to better health
1: welcome back to the world of Lori zook it's the world as i know it and i'm sharing it with you i have a special guest on the line now Now, i got to preface this with a little story here, because this is a fairly new radio show. And originally, I had been looking to use the Underdog cartoon and song for a show idea. But it ended up being The World of Lori Zook, which is fine. But in that research time, I love Underdog. I have the theme song to Underdog. I play the piano. I figured out how to do it so I could play it at home and sing it and drive my other half crazy. But I came across the artist that actually does cartoons for a lot of these these major companies. Uh, his name is Patrick Osley and Patrick's on the line with me, right?
8: Yes, hi Laurie.
1: How you doing, Patrick?
8: I'm doing well, thank you. How you guys doing?
1: We're we're doing great here. We're in Florida and I know you're in California. And uh-huh. I, I, I've looked at your stuff. First off, how did how did you end up doing cartoons? Do you do all types of, of artwork or or every I mean everything or just cartoons? Well,
8: I just, I'm pretty much a cartoonist, you know, now. I've uh I'd done, you know, different types of art in the past, but I've been focusing on cartooning for the last 30 years now, about. And I just started, I mean, I remember sitting in front of the television when I was, you know, three, four, five years old, watching these old TV cartoons of underdog, Johanna barbera cartoons, like Yogi Bear, you know. Peter Potamus Secret Squirrel and just sitting in front of the TV and uh sitting there with my paper and pencil and sketching these cartoon these characters as I was watching them on the screen in front of me
1: and I think that's great. I'm guessing I'm probably a little older than you, but I remember watching all these cartoons. And interestingly, I come from an art background. My, I can draw. My parents are both artists, but I'm not a cartoonist. I know that that's a special skill because you have to be able to take a cartoon and if you're working with a company, make that cartoon in whatever pose, right? Doing just like a person.
8: Yeah. I mean, though a company will call me, you know, I do uh, a lot of, Yogi Bear, uh, you know, art for the Jellystone Park camp resorts. You know, they're a licensee of, of the Hanna-Barbera stuff with Warner Brothers. And, you know, they'll call me and say, hey, we need a, a, an image of Yogi Bear and Boo Boo paddling up in, in a canoe, paddling up the river. And you have to sit down and come up with that image, you know, and submit it and get it, everything approved.
1: I think that's, that, that's so much fun. Now, what kind of background do you have? You went out to school for art, correct?
8: Yes, I uh, went to I went. I got my illustration degree in 1988 from Columbia College in Chicago, and I moved to California in 1993. Took a job out here at a comic book company that's no longer in business. But I was uh, at that time back in the late 80s, early 90s. I was doing a lot of lettering, a lot of hand lettering for comic book companies, also. So a company I was freelancing for back in Chicago. Uh, they were expanding their company, expanding their staff, and they offered me a job you know to come out here and go to work for them and I, I took it and i 've been here ever since
1: so you do the when you say you do the lettering for the comic books is it it 's not a regular font it 's something special
8: no this this was all hand done this wasn 't a font this wasn 't uh, any anything digital this was all hand done it was all the word balloons you see, all the dialogue, the sound effects, the kapow bash you know zoom
1: like that um, like on the uh, the old uh Batman. Batman.
8: Right, exactly, exactly
1: Very, very interesting What are some of the other cartoons that you've drawn?
8: Uh, Let's see, I've done a lot of the Hanna-Barbera stuff Yogi Bear, Huckleberry Hound, Scooby-Doo I've done a lot of the total television characters The other characters that are related to Underdog Like Tennessee Tuxedo, uh, Tudor Turtle, um, the Go-Go Gophers I don't know if you remember those guys
1: Yep, we're laughing over here. Jeff's laughing with me. Yep. And now you, yeah. yeah, you also did something. You did a six-volume children's book series called Sports Tales.
8: Yeah, that was uh, that was in the mid '90s. I did that with Sean Gale, who was a member of the uh, 1986 Chicago Bears Super Bowl team. Okay. He, he created these. He wrote these stories. These uh, these six volumes and. Uh, through an agent, through an illustration agent in Connecticut, I got the job to illustrate the books for Sean.
1: I mean, this sounds like a dream job. Is it, could you have picked a better job?
8: I Oh, no, I don't think so. This is, I think this is what I was meant to do since I was born, you know, I was born to do it.
1: Wow. What does your family think of you being an artist?
8: Oh, they, they oh, love they it. Love They've it? always been, been very supportive. My dad was an artist as well. He did a lot of uh, sign painting, a lot of, you know, when signs were painted by hand, and a lot of truck and boat lettering he used to do at our house there. He worked out of our garage.
1: So this is a this is really a specialty though, in in, in the art world anyway. Are there other people that do the, what you do, or you're you're pretty much the big guy?
8: Well, there's there's other artists that do the artwork for licensing. You know, I worked, when I was on staff at Warner Brothers Consumer Products from 1997 to 2002, I was part of a great team of artists there, you know, five or six other guys and girls who, uh, you know, we were assigned to do all the Hanna-Barbera and Looney Tunes characters, you know, for licensing, for use on various merchandise, you know, pieces.
1: Right. Now, you mentioned one of my favorite characters, which is Scooby-Doo. Right. Uh-huh. And, and the reason I love Scooby Doo is because I have two rescued Great Danes. So, okay. Yeah. So I'm a Scooby Doo fan. I, you know, again, I love all the music and that. Now, I know you had all, also have dogs, correct?
8: I have, yeah. My wife and I have one. My wife, Leslie, and I have a little chai spaniel that we rescued about three, uh, about three months ago. Uh, his name is Mickey, and uh, he's really changed our lives here. I think he rescued us.
1: That's usually how it works with the rescue dogs. Exactly. <laughs> they, they, oh yeah. They're they're picking. You're not picking them. They're picking right, you. Right. Exactly. You know, I I'd like my, to- wife,
8: my wife's family. She has her mother and father have two golden retrievers. Who, uh, who we also love very much, they rescued them as well.
1: Okay, so rescue, I think rescue is important and I, I love that you that you rescue it and you, that you're an animal person because it, it kind of gives a bit to your, you know, to your personality to the kind of person that you are and I, yes. I think, and one of the reasons I think like we, we relate to each other is because for me, I felt like I was five or six years old when I was looking through those cartoons, it gave me great memories of childhood and you know, I, mm. what I would be curious to know is, I'm wondering if maybe the adults nowadays are buying the products with the cartoons versus the kids? Because the kids don't always know those cartoons that we grew up with.
8: Oh, I, I agree with that to- totally. I mean, most of, I mean, I get emails, requests from people to draw, you know, commissions of their, their favorite cartoon characters that they grew up watching and I think it's you know people I think are attracted to that and and the nostalgic aspect of it because you know if they open up my website and they see you know an image of underdog like you do it just takes them back you know years ago for just for a couple of minutes and it allows them to forget their troubles you know of today you know just for a little while
1: Right, I think it that, takes
8: their mind off of it.
1: Yeah, exactly, and that's that's what Underdog did for me. That's why it was so important. That's why you know you'll yeah. you'll laugh when I tell you this, but after I had initially communicated with you, I I went and I bought a, a cartoon CD. It had it had, must have had fifty songs or sixty songs of all the cartoons, you know, the songs that I grew up with. So I have it in my car, and then when I'm feeling kind of low, what I can do is I pop in that. That cartoon, and I listen to the Jetsons or to Scooby Doo or whatever the songs are. McGilla Gorilla, and it brings uh, me right. back. You know, it brings me back to those memories. And I think, in a large way, that's what you do for people is you're you're bringing them back. So, right. you know, I have to ask you one other question though. Do you find do people ask you to cartoon them?
8: Sometimes. I mean, I'm not. I, I can I can capture people's likenesses. You know, occasionally, but I'm not really. I don't really. You know, kind of promote myself as a caricaturist though.
1: I got gotcha. you. Okay. And is there any special, um, you know, training for people who want to specifically do cartoons? You know, if people are listening and, you know, there's a talented kid out there who says, hey, this sounds great. What do they do? I would
8: just just keep drawing. Keep, you know, draw every day. Get better. That's how you get better at something is just practice and, you know, study, study art styles of artists that you really like. You know, don't try, to, don't try to mimic them. Don't try to be that artist. Try to come up with your own style. Um, you know just, just practice that's that's really the best advice I can give to someone
1: yeah I think that's great advice now would you give out your website because I was so impressed with it I want you to give out that website so people can actually have that nostalgic feel go back and look at what you do
8: yeah sure it's patrickosley.com and if I can spell it for you P A T P A T R I C K O W S as in Sam L-E-Y dot com patrickosley.com
1: Great. I want to thank you again so much for joining us and take a look at his site. You'll, yep, we you can hear it in the background. Here it comes. Thanks, Patrick.
5: When criminals in this world appear and bring the laws of the place of fear and frighten all who see or hear, the cry goes up the car and
0: near for Underdogs, Underdogs. Thunderdog,
9: God, speed of lightning, roar of thunder, fighting all
1: love of thunder, Thunderdog.
6: Thunderdog, <coughs> Hello, I'm Jim Velasquez. Does getting a lousy 1% on your CDs make you sick to your stomach? Inflation is hovering at 3%, so what's really happening? Allow me, Jim Velasquez, to send you my free report. If you haven't reviewed your CDs in a while, don't get this report. It will break your heart. If you want to fight back and beat the bank, text retire to 72727 for this free report. Let's beat the bank. Text retire. To 72727 for your free report. Our highly
3: competitive and hectic world is fraught with dishonesty and challenges. Critical decisions must be made on a daily basis with accuracy when substantial assets are at risk. When you are confronted with a decision point involving opportunity and risk, consult with Sharpline Investigations, statewide experts in due diligence, investigations, and litigation support. Sharpline's professionals work with clients to conduct interviews, deep background investigations, and develop facts and intelligence related to the litigation. When circumstances require confidential and expert backfinding, turn to Sharpline Investigations, the statewide leaders in investigations and risk mitigation. Visit sharplineinvestigations.com or call 855-394-0042.
4: Are your credit reports a mess? Are debt collectors hounding you? Maybe you're in foreclosure or headed towards foreclosure and don't know where to turn. It's time to stop panicking. Take back control of your life. Make the first step by calling Credit Education Consultants today at 813-500-6064. That's 813-500. Five zero zero six zero six four. Mention the word radio for a free fifteen minute consultation. Don't delay, call today.
1: You're back in the world of Lori Zook. Now, my next guest, this is a very interesting story, and I usually do an introduction, but I'm actually going to have him introduce himself, because the story is so unbelievable, except that I know him personally, that it's believable. So, Bill, I want you to introduce yourself and tell our listeners what happened to you.
9: Oh, thank you, Laurie. My name is uh, uh, Bill Afgar, and I am a broadcaster like Lori Zook, but I'm also a... Uh Disabled veteran and 100% disabled veteran, due to uh, military sexual trauma aboard the uh, USS Abraham Lincoln CVN 72 in November of 1989. Now, military sexual trauma that, in most Americans' minds, is some male and female officer getting drunk in a hotel room, and, and that wasn't my case aboard the Abraham Lincoln. Uh, during egress training, which everybody on the whole ship was supposed to train on how to get out of a compartment, like if it was to be filled up with smoke or water. So they would blindfold a person and people would poke sticks at him and that's great because, you know, you're trying to find your way out of the compartment. But while they were doing this to this one guy, they took it, they took him to the ground, wrestled him to the ground, took off his underwear and his dungarees and then a grease gun with chemical grease and chemical soap and then I thought I was going to get away but it didn't happen and they, and they did it they did it to me too. Are you still there?
1: Yeah, I'm still here. How many guys are there? How many how many people did this?
9: This was in a in a in a department of called the weapons uh, division. So it was during, you know, like I said, there's many different areas on the ship. You have weapons, you have uh, the people that work on the flight deck, you have the people that work uh, down in the, you know, wherever. So in my little division, they decided they wanted to do whatever some illegal hazing as they put it in my military files it was they say uh initiation <laughs> you know you know it initiation was a, hazing. Of what? It's a it's a it's a crime and and it still continues in the military and it and it ain't and it ain't being stopped you know i talked you talk about hazing i talked to the to the mother the mother of the son who was killed the band member at FAMU call her and ask her about what hazing has done to her life her son's not around anymore
1: yeah it's funny in the, in the well in the beginning of this show we actually talked about bullying and suicide and it's relation and, and that's really this is an extreme form of, of what that is and it causes people to kill themselves you know where i where i obs- you're absolutely you're absolutely
9: right yeah. you're absolutely right and let me tell you something you know uh i called my local congressman today and they said that they were that the, my local congressman he's going to do something for service dogs well let me tell you something service dogs are good to an extent service dogs are good for the blind person service dogs are good for the deaf person service dogs are good for the person that can't move around service dogs are good if a if a person's going to have a seizure and, and it, it'll tell you you're going to have a seizure but can you tell me what a service dog is going to do for a military sexual trauma disabled veteran who's being harassed by the veterans
1: administration every day of the week No. now i want you to kind of fill in the story of after what happened to you and you you got out of the service correct
9: yeah, got, got out of service.
1: Got out. Got out of service, and then now you've been spending. I ha- was given.
9: A, I was given. A, I was given an honorable discharge, but I was diagnosed with a personality disorder. And there's thousands of other disabled veterans that were given this diagnosis, so the Veterans Administration wouldn't have to pay for the veteran. You know, in my case, I should have had a disability rating when I was discharged. Maybe for the other veteran that was in uh, Desert Storm or wherever they were at, they were given an honorable discharge. If you look at the story of the Army from 2001 to 2008, you'll see there's about 15,000 people that were in the Army that were discharged with an honorable discharge, but they were given a personality disorder, which made them miss out on VA benefits for years. They sued and they won.
1: That's a loophole. But yeah, I'm looking here, Jeff. figured and, out. Right, and we're, I'm saying, wait a minute, because they gave you this rating, you got honorably discharged, you served your country, you did You're your You're not eligible thing, for the benefits. Th- so, y-
9: that's... Because that, I, I, served, I served a year and three months, you know. Mm-hmm. Look, that's what I'm saying. Look at my thing. Why did I only serve a year and three months with an honorable discharge? Because this is what was done to me. It should have been it's just in my left military as an
0: honorable in. discharge, and, and that's it, period. But they added that little extra on there with a personality disorder which then uh, of course the slimy lawyers go this is how we get we don't have to pay him the benefits he has a disorder
1: right so now how do you how do you get justice what are you trying to do to get justice obviously we're on the, the radio show talking about it you know you're also a broadcaster who have you gone to and what has happened or not happened
9: well, the appeals process is what I have to do, is what I have to let it I have to let it go through the appeals process. Right now it is at the United States Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims. And it and was when did this ready happen? To be,
0: how long uh, ago did this happen?
9: Uh, this happened uh, in in November of nineteen eighty nine, but I'm, I'm my <laughs> my appeal case is for retroactive pay back to the time of discharge
0: and and of course you realize they're going to make this drag on until you take your last oh, yeah. breath right? you know the
9: the the veterans administration's argument is if you never filed a claim we're not going to pay you back to the time that you filed that claim my argument is i try to file a claim but you would never allow me to file a claim due to this personality disorder a misdiagnosis you know there's a bill out there called hr 975 the mental health review act that's been sitting in the subcommittee uh, for over two and a half, for over 2 years and uh that if that would pass that would clear up a lot of this thing but what 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 you were asking me earlier what what am I going to do well it's at the United States Supreme Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims i have to file i just read the record of proceeding the whole thing was ready to be judged on but i started reading the record of proceedings and i saw things in there that i've never seen in my military file before so now i have to go through and read those and and come up with another of uh, you know my my argument and then it will be judged on whether whether they're going to give me retroactive pay or not if they don't then i'll file another appeal then it goes to the federal court and if i lose there then i can go to the, to the supreme court
1: well let me ask so you that, this you're saying that there are thousands of people in the same kind of situation that got discharged this, this way where they can't get the benefits why is there no class action why is there not a group of there people? There are. There are a okay. few.
9: There are a few out there on the Internet. I've talked to a few of these people. They either have no, you know, they have, they already, they are people that they're going for in this case. If they start a new one, they'll give me a call, something like that. But, uh, you know, I've talked to Robert A. McDonald, the VA secretary. I've told him, i have asked him my questions. The representative Jeff Miller was there. I mean, I don't know how much higher you can get in that, but... It, 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 it's it, you just feel like you're jimmy Stewart going going to washington just sitting there on the congress floor just you know yelling and screaming and nobody's paying attention
0: it's it's almost like you're going through the episode again but through the legal system the same way correct yeah yeah
9: but a good thing for lori zook and programs like her she she tried to realize my side and tries to tries to come with a, a, a some kind of rational uh, explanation or, or theory, which is great.
1: Well, right, and, and I think that you know some people know your story. We can get your story out more, you know, this way. This is the, because this will go out go out nationally. But it, Bill, there are no other words to say. than it freaks me out because I'm sorry it happened to you. You're somebody who served our country, and yet you're saying this this stuff still goes on. Now, the military, if it's happening within the military, though, they have their own legal system, right? They're separate from what the rest How of us many- have.
9: How many lawyers does the Veterans Administration have? They have uh I think it's seven hundred lawyers. Might be more than that. I just saw it on Representative Miller's Facebook page. I try to stay uh, on his page a lot. He does a lot of things for the Veterans administration. You know somebody I called his office this morning. He's not in my district, but I ended up talking to some girl who's uh, so you know whatever. She seemed like she was pretty important, but she was telling me that she would uh, that representative Miller can't do nothing because I don't live in his district though he's the guy that sits at the top who makes all the decisions for the you know when it comes to people like me.
1: It sounds like a maze. Uh, it sounds like a messy maze that no one knows how to finagle. And it, it, it's it's like you know what it is. It's like bad customer service, mm-hmm. but worse. When you're dealing with a company that just keeps passing you around, and and, and they say, "Well, I'm not responsible. He is. I oh, know I'm not responsible. She is."
0: It's a cascade of legal yes. m- uh, mumbo jumbo that they put the veterans through. Because they hope that they'll give up, that they'll finally say enough is yeah. enough, or you know, you die of old age. And it, and obviously your your incident is not an isolated incident. So it's not like so, oh gee, it's just this one crazy guy. There are many people that have had this happen. And obviously the U.S. government, the the services cover up these things by hiring the slimy lawyers that say, look, all you got to do is put in this this type of language here, and this will cover you because that's what lawyers are all about finding the slime that makes. The the, the 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 magic go away that makes the problem go away that'll make yeah. that'll make Bill go away because if we say that that he's not right in his head well he's not entitled he's not entitled it, to
9: this it, it, yes. Lori if if other disabled veterans or veterans are listening to your program and they have an issue and they want to contact you how would they contact you.
1: Uh, they can contact me by calling me, uh, 813-777-4908. Also, I've got the World of Lori Zook on Facebook, so they can contact me through Facebook as well. Um, what do you th- What are you hope? I mean, I know what you're hoping for will happen. How- oh, geez, do you get calls from other people where this has happened and they don't know what to do?
9: Well, I, I you know I get on these different chat rooms and you know sometimes I might say the wrong thing, but it this this you know this this day and age of just chatting or liking that's what it just seems like everybody wants you to do you know yeah like for instance Clint Eastwood he just did the American Sniper you'd think he would call come calling somebody like me but his next role is uh, you know. Eastwood's gonna tell the Sullenberg's, uh, story. You know, that's the guy that landed the plane on the Hudson, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. You yeah. heard
9: about that, right? That's, that's right, that's right hot, hot off the press. But getting back to the disabled veterans issues, there's, there's other issues besides mine. There's Agent Orange. There's still disabled veterans with Agent Orange that are not being paid.
1: Right. This, this is horrible, and I'm going to want to do a follow-up to the story maybe a couple months in. And don't in. get
9: me wrong. The, VA, the, the Veterans Administration does good. Representative Jeff Miller says the Veterans Administration does good, but their their percentage of likability is really low right now. Right. You know, if they fire somebody, this is what he also says, when the Veterans Administration fires somebody they replace them with that same type of person.
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, listen, I, I apologize. We're, we're actually out of time. I want to thank you. Well, that's you, okay. Is there a thank number, you for letting me be on. Is there a way for anyone to reach you?
9: Well, you know, Bill Apgar. A is an apple, P is in Paul, G is in grapefruit, A is an apple, R is in radio. BillApgar.com.
1: Great. Thanks for joining us, Bill. Thank you all for joining us on the thank world. Thank you, Lori Zook. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us on the world of Lori Zook. Hear it like it is.